Welcome to the Dermatology Interest Group Association podcast, or DIGA podcast, where we talk about everything from how to become a stellar dermatology applicant to interesting topics in dermatology. From research advice to interviewing tips, you will be prepared to follow the path to become a world-class dermatologist. Dr. Teeks Yenpasuk is a passionate cancer survivor and community advocate from Oakland, California. With a focus in dermatology and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, he is dedicated to uplifting marginalized communities and addressing social determinants of health. He is an advocate for the QTBIPOC communities and is committed to empowering his patients and advocating for skin of color in dermatology. Let's listen to how he went from an underdog to matching in his number one dermatology residency. So hello, everyone. Welcome to the DIGA podcast. My name is Sydney Mitchell. And with me today, we have... Hey, everyone. I'm Teeks Yen Pasuk from uh, Oakland, California. Welcome. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. And I'd like to just begin by giving you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Why don't you tell us about yourself? Again, my name is Teeks. My pronouns are he, him. Um, I'm from the Bay Area, representing the West Coast. I, I am um, super non-traditional uh, physician now. I'm a PGY1 intern at uh, Highland Hospital, the famous Highland Hospital, County Hospital here in Oakland. Um, and I'll be um, a PGY2 dermatology resident at the University of Minnesota in um, a, a couple more months. That is exciting. So how's um, this portion of your internship going, how's that been? It's been a journey. So I'm a, um, prelim medicine intern. And so a lot of inpatient hospital wards, um, but I'm in my community. Uh, it's a county hospital. So huge underrepresented, underserved community. And, um, I see patients that I resonate with, that I can connect with, that I that I want to serve in the in my future career, and so it fulfills me every day going in and and being able to help help my community. That is so good to hear, and honestly, that's what it's all about. And so today we are continuing a discussion about diversity in dermatology for um, the DIGA podcast, a mini series that we're putting together. So. Before we jump into that larger discussion at hand about diversity in dermatology and how important it is, we just like to hear more about your personal story, if that's okay. So, of course, first, why dermatology? Yeah, I mean, that's if I can back it up a little bit of like why even medicine, because you know, I I grew up not wanting to go into healthcare. I, I was, you know, 300% below the poverty line working since high school. I didn't go to college after high school. I went to like community college, you know, one or two classes a semester, um, but working full-time at actually um, a coffee shop, which I don't know if we can name drop com- corporations on this uh, podcast, but I was working at a coffee shop, working my way up the ladder <laughs> and uh, became a manager there and um, was maybe taking a class or two in at the community college system, not really knowing that uh, hi, if higher education was for me, was really feeling the the kind of corporate retail vibes. And um, one day I started to get this um, itch, some pruritus, basically pruritus, and I didn't have any rashes at all. So, so but I I went in for to see my primary and I had like low health literacy. I didn't I didn't know anything about medicine. I I, I barely saw the doctor. I was like, I was, I think I was like 19 years old and I was just like living my best life at the time um, with my full-time job. And I had this itch and doctors saw me, it was like a quick five, six minute visit. And they uh, gave me some antihistamines and said, um, just take these and you'll get better. I listened. I did, I did what they asked me to do. And the the itch was still there. So I went back and they said, okay, well, you know, you're young, you're healthy, um, darker skin tone. Maybe you, ha- you have something called uh, eczema, atopic dermatitis. And I was like, I don't know if I have that, I, but um, okay. And they gave me some topical steroids. And I said, I used these steroids for about like maybe three to four, three to four weeks. It wasn't getting better. I went back again. Uh, it was a different primary care. I guess I, it, in the um, 
what they're called in the in California. We have Medi-Cal or um, Medi-Cal, and I guess I wasn't seeing like I didn't have a regular primary care uh, um, physician. It was it was someone different all the time, and um, they saw me. They five minute visit again. Stronger antihistamine, uh, stronger antihistamine, stronger topical steroids. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll use it. And I just listened. I just complied. I didn't know how to advocate for myself. I didn't know how to, you know, really just tell them that this isn't working. I just listened. I complied. Right. And I used the stronger antihistamines, used the topical steroids. Months pass, and I am still like, my body is still uh, itchy. I'm scratching all the time. I am miserable. I'm sitting at work. I'm scratching at at like school, community college at night. I'm like scratching my bed. I go back and I'm like, please. I'm like, I do everything. I'm doing using all these creams. I'm doing everything I can. And I get, they say, okay, well, you, you know, try putting emollients, thick emollients on lotion. Um, let's give you these another uh what i now know is like the uh, the strongest topical steroid and to see how that does i'm like okay <laughs> i listen again i guess i think two months passed so th- almost a year has passed and i'm now waking up with blood in my sheet because i'm scratching so hard it subconsciously or in my sleep and i go back more time and i am i'm desperate i'm like I don't know what's going on, but nothing you're giving me is working. Please, can I see? Like, I, I think at this time I'm, I've Googled or I've talked to people because it's been so long and they're like, try seeing a allergist or immunologist. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. And I asked for that and they refer me out. And it takes a while for me to see that allergy immunologist. And they say, you're young, you're healthy, change all your detergents. You can't sleep at night because you're, you're scratching. Here's some um, Adirax, here's some um, hydroxazine to help you sleep at night for some sedation effects too. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I just listen. It's a specialist, right? Doesn't work. Over now, it's been over a year and I'm just miserable. I finally, I think I've talked to so many people and they're like, maybe you should see a dermatologist. I don't even know what a dermatologist is, but I go back and I ask it referred. I see a dermatologist, finally someone in Oakland. She sits me down and it isn't like a five, 10 minute visit. She doesn't tell me that I'm just young and I have eczema. She's like, you don't have eczema. You don't have any rashes. She listens compassionately to my entire story. And she's like, she looks at my um, past, like, I guess she can see my charts and my history. And she's like, why does everyone say you have rashes? You don't have any rashes. You come in, you've been coming in for the same problem. Why hasn't anyone done more of a workup. No one's run blood lab. No one's done anything. And I just looked at her like, I have no idea. I, I mean, I keep coming back. Right. And she was this super, I can see in her face. She's so frustrated. She was so upset. And she, she, she ordered some blood labs, basic CBC, um, chest X-ray. And she sends me on my way. And she said, she'll, she'll call me back with more when she has more data. Later, like, I think my results come in a couple hours later and she calls me and she's like, you know, I have to tell you something. Your your labs are kind of abnormal. The chest x-ray shows something in your chest. I'm going to need you get, to get something called a CT scan, a CAT scan. And I was like, I don't know what that is. I'm Googling what a CAT scan is. And it looks like this giant donut machine. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what is this? Is this like a, the TV shows? And I, I get the CAT scan that week, later on that week. Um, I get a crazy reaction to the iodine contrast from the CAT scan um, where I need to be put on steroids. Like now I really do have rashes all over my body because of like mm. um, an, an allergy to the iodine. And she calls me back with the results and she says, I have to refer you to hematology oncology. This is cancer and it's spread all over your body. And like all I heard was the C word and like my world stopped. Mm-hmm. Like I was at work and I was just like what cancer like I'm like I think at the time I was 21 and I just was like or 20 and I was like what (laughs) how can I have cancer um yeah and she's and she's like you need to get something called a biopsy and this what you're experiencing something called perineoplastic itch um the cancer cells whatever they're releasing is causing you to itch and 
um, I get this biopsy, I, I get referred to hematology, oncology, and it's a blood cancer and I have lymphoma and my whole life changes. I have to, you know, take a leave of absence from work and school. I have to um, get, get on, what is that called? Um, uh, disability. Um, mm-hmm. Take a, uh, like take that leave of absence, get, get on whatever pay that is. I, I have to start intensive chemotherapy right away because it's, it's spread above and below my diaphragm. There are tumors everywhere. And like my whole, like, I was like, what? <laughs> exactly. All I came in yeah. for was pruritus, right? And I would, everyone kept telling me I had eczema because I like maybe had some allergies and I was of darker skin tone and people in my community and that were, that came in with an itch like this had eczema and I was put in this kind of cognitive heuristic box of like young you know person of color under you know probably lower socioeconomic um probably having eczema uh, atopic triad and that's what happened with all the primary care visits and even the allergy specialists that I went to and and turned out this this dermatologist like saw it knew that something was up and was able to like you know, get me to an oncologist because I had a blood cancer the entire time. And that really like changed my whole life. And I, you know, went through that whole, what cancer patients have to go through chemotherapy, um, radiation therapy after, because the chemo still wasn't enough. Um, And I changed my whole life. I went from like thinking I was invincible, working my way up the coffee corporate ladder to going back to community college with an interest in healthcare and and, mm-hmm. you know, ch- chopping it up with people in the infusion clinic, I was always the youngest one. And seeing how my community also, like, had low health literacy, also didn't understand, like, why they were diagnosed with cancer, like, why so late? And some 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 visits um, to my chemo, those same people I would chop it up with would be gone because they didn't make it. And that really impacted mm. me. It really affected, like, my outlook on life that really affected my what I was doing. I was scared to have cancer. I like it, I was only 20, 21. I didn't leave anything on this earth. I haven't done anything. And it really drove me to go back to school and um, somehow transfer to community college to uh, University of California, San Diego, study neuroscience and physiology and um, want to become pre-med. And mm-hmm. it like it was a big game changer. But that isn't specifically long story though, but it wasn't specifically what brought me to, <laughs> to dermatology. It's what brought me to want to go to medicine and have this mission to empower and inspire and motivate um, uh, healthcare professionals and uh, people like who are interested in underrepresented communities to really look out for communities of color with, with lower health literacy because you know I was a prime example of someone being missed. Um, and that's what made me want to become a, a physician. And and like, I really mm-hmm. thought I would go into healthcare, um, go into healthcare, becoming maybe a primary care provider and um, working with, you know, uh, health disparities and um, health education for, you know, underrepresented communities. And um, I was really going down that path until um, third year where I started loving all my rotations and I was like oh my god what am I going to do I loved everything about like psych OB I loved um internal medicine I I enjoyed everything and I was like what what mm-hmm. what am I going to do I thought I was going to be like a family med doc it's, um but what I did notice is at the end of my third year I sat down and I was like okay what do I really want to do I want to do health education I still want to work and combat health dis- dis- disparities I want to do involve myself in social justice work. I want to diver- diversity inclusion initiatives. I want to work with um, sexual and gender minorities. Um, and I want to do it in a field that that needs it the most. And I also wanted to be a specialist. I wanted to not be someone who had this broad knowledge. I wanted to be an expert at something. I wanted to use my hands and uh, do mm-hmm. procedures and it dermatology like gave me that opportunity to really just you know be a specialist 
in a field that is, mm-hmm. I think there's a JAMA study and JAMA Durham study that said dermatology was the second least diverse specialty next to ortho, which kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was a huge amount of like health disparity and, um, and health literacy uh, in dermatology for communities of color, especially skin of color and skin of sexual and gender mm-hmm. minorities. And so I was like, wow, like, you know, I did love all the skin exams um, that I did throughout my third year and, and all my rotations. I loved all the skin pathologies. I love that you can use your hands and do procedures. Um, I love that you can work from kids to adults. I didn't have to like just choose and pick one. And um, mm-hmm. I love that, you know, there's a place in dermatology for this because a huge, huge high morbidity, mortality. We'll talk later about it, m- mortality rate in mm-hmm. um, in skin of color. And I was like, this is for me. Like throughout all my med- medical school, I, that's all I did. I championed, I helped create a white coats for black lives in my, my school. I helped create our school's first LMSA. Um, and so it's like, it was, it was, it just made sense that I can bring everything I brought, uh, I did in medical school into residency in, in dermatology and then mm-hmm. beyond. Um, as a dermatologist in this field that doesn't have a lot of movement, as you might have seen in, you know, for communities of color. And um, I decided really late, it was late third year, so I was was struggling, (laughs) trying to find rotations, (laughs) trying to find mentors, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm totally rambling right now, but that's really what my whole non-traditional route into medicine and dermatology like that that's why I'm here today Mm -hmm. and you say it's a long story but I'd like to say it's a very important one um just because unfortunately it's so similar to other patient patients of color their experiences and the stories that you hear with you know either providers missing them not listening um, you know, miss missing something, misdiagnosing. And then, you know, you finally had that provider with who took the time to listen to you and she was compassionate and, you know, saw you for who you were in that moment and was doing everything that she could to take care of you and actually, you know, do a workup. Like you said, that was my question, you know, during your story was, you know, where was some blood work? <laughs> when was somebody going to do some blood work? But, you know, thank goodness she did. Um, and so I like to ask, do you think that that might have been um, like the catapult for dermatology? Do you think that may have been what was planted the seed for you was, you know, being seen in that way? I think she definitely, like that dermatologist specifically, um, gave me the planted the seed that I needed to advocate for underrepresented communities um, mm-hmm. because of, you know, the, the resource, the lack of resources, the health literacy, the, the, um, it, you know, just the, the amount of social determinants of health that these communities experienced that, that, that I experienced myself that resonated with me. And mm-hmm. I could felt like I could bring my own personal experience and connect with, patients in these communities more that that really catapulted that um that that in me and um dermatology you know when I finally decided I wanted to go into dermatology I called that dermatologist back that discovered that I had cancer I said hi I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember me it's been years um I'm a medical student now um you know you changed my life you discovered I had cancer I went through these treatments you know it wasn't easy but I used my experience to, you know, create structural competency labs, you know, social justice um, um, advocacy. I created a elective that helped with uh, gender affirming uh, healthcare for primary care providers. And like this all came from you finding out I had cancer because I wasn't, I wasn't pre-med, I wasn't pre-health, I wasn't, you like, you know, saved my life. And she mm-hmm. said straight up, like, of course, I remember you. At the time, I was a new grad attending. Now I'm the chief of dermatology at this place in Oakland. And all the residents, um, it's not a dermatology residency, but they have different res- like PEDS in internal medicine, family medicine. All the residents that roll through and do a dermatology rotation, I tell them about your story because you were the one that was missed. You were, you were the student 
or the student, the the patient that uh, that multiple doctors saw. You kept going back. You know, you didn't know how to advocate for yourself, but you kept going back, and everyone put you in this box. And so you're the student. You're the student. You're the patient that um, I teach the resident um, not to miss because you kept going mm-hmm. back, and something was off. And so. Um, that like really, she's like, I, I'm so happy to hear that you're into dermatology. Come through. Let me let me show you like you know basic rotation stuff before you're before you go out and do your sub eyes because I didn't have a home derm program, so like I didn't mm-hmm. do any derm rotations at all my third year, and I was like, I'm gonna go in blind. I'm like, this is mm-hmm. like I knew it, it. It was a lightweight competitive specialty, and but I knew also what I wanted and w- what I could bring to the specialty, so. I, I was scrambling for whatever I could get in terms of mentorship. And I was so mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm so blessed to have been able to reconnect with her and like have the person who discovered my cancer and, and changed my whole world and saved my life essentially also be that person to connect me to a field of dermatology. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. And what a full circle moment, right? <laughs> Straight up. That's so good to hear. And I think it also speaks to um, something that I personally just really love about the field in that, you know, in dermatology, yes, you're looking at, you know, the skin, hair, nails, but it like in your case, you get to, you see these cutaneous signs of more systemic diseases or systemic pathologies that are going on they're presenting on the skin and so like even in your case with your um, dermatologist you know you were presenting skin signs but it was something more internal and I think that's just such a fascinating aspect of this of the field of the specialty Um, and your story just drives it home thank you I appreciate that so with that I'd like to kind of transition into talking about some of the initiatives that um, you're involved in currently. Uh, I know you mentioned some that you started like while in medical school, and we can talk about that um, a little bit more as well. But, you know, what kind of advocacy work are you currently involved in? Yeah, I'm so blessed to be in my community in Oakland um, right now in within in terms of the um, medical education system in my residency I work with second and third year medical students um, kind of educating and spreading awareness of the importance of diversity in dermatology so maybe planting a seed in their brain to maybe pursue dermatology too that it's not like this crazy out of reach uh, place and also explain to them why we need more uh, underrepresented communities or underrepresented medical students in dermatology. So like plant that seed and give them some, you know, empowerment and, and motivation, but also spread um, some awareness uh, of, you know, very second, third uh, medical school level uh, education of skin of color, uh, why certain um, diseases are harder to see on skin of color and, and kind of empower them to uh, be aware and do more research. And um, if they are interested in dermatology, and I don't know if we're going to get into um, get into talking about what like we can how how medical students can get involved in in diverse initiatives. But um, I promote things like letting um, try to get involved in, in your school's um, educational committee uh, to revamp all from all your educational your preclinical educational images to include mm-hmm. skin of color from. From not just a dermatological perspective, but perspective, but like um, from like maybe showing a black breast in your OBGYN um, uh, curriculum or or section instead of always seeing a white breast, you know, or, and to to cardiology, like having having to reframe the picture of uh, communities of color in cardiology and trying to get involved to change the preclinical um, medical education. Um, so you, you start early so that as you keep uh, going throughout and progressing throughout your your clinical years, you're not coming into uh, a commu- community of color like, oh, my God, I don't know what this is because I never saw it in my book. I never saw it in X, mm-hmm. Y, and Z. Like, you know, I, I helped make this change on, from psychiatry to the pediatrics, like making sure that our pictures included skin of color. So that that's kind of what I'm working on right now. <laughs> That's great. And so I was going to ask that a little later on. So if you come up with more tips, 
um, for medical students or even pre-med students who are interested, we can absolutely get into that some more. So we've kind of brushed the surface, I guess, about why diversity specifically in dermatology is important, but I'd like to hear you just speak a little bit more about that. Why do you believe that it's important? Yeah, no, I'm, this is such an important question. And like what I want to tell um, everyone listening right now is that, you know, by 2044, minorities in the United States will be greater than 50% of the U.S. census. So this greater like diversity in our communities um, will require better equity, better inclusion in our um, healthcare professionals. Um, we see this racial diversification happening in our communities, but in our medical schools, in our residencies, including dermatology, especially dermatology, we don't see that much representation. There's only 3% of black dermatologists, 4.2% of Latinx uh, dermatologists. We don't see many you know, sexual and gender minorities um, in dermatology. And so these racial disparities continue to exist. Um, and it, you know, there's so much data already showing that, you know, uh, providers of color, providers from underrepresented communities will, you know, be more likely or inclined to do clinical research for these communities of color, will, will help, you know, culturally, social, economically connect better with patients with health literacy deficits. They will, you know, go out of their way to be the champions on their, you know, campuses, on their, um, in their residencies to really bridge the gap between educational training. And so as we, if we need the diversity in dermatology because we need these providers to be able to connect with these communities as well as their colleagues and educate maybe our non, our non underrepresented uh, majority uh, colleagues in in the education of you know I'm going to speak to dermatology skin of color, um, and so just having this diverse workforce is essentially benefits our profession as our society our patients it benefits our patients and like it will improve care for all the patients that we serve and really you know a lot of studies already have shown more satisfaction with a race concordant physician visits minority physicians, again, being able to care a certain type of way for their, their own racial or ethnic group, um, more likely to serve underserved populations um, and have that intersectionality of ethnicity, culture, and socioeconomic status. And so this is also important for um, sexual and gender minorities too, which are also underrepresented, included in that underrepresented group. Um, as we have more transgender and gender nonconforming providers to connect with the patients as well. And, um, you know, especially with sexual gender minorities in their certain conditions that dermatologists can play a huge role in. And, and you know, they, it brings in cultural competency, it brings in structural um, humility, uh, cultural humility, structural competency, and just more knowledge of, of underrepresented communities in medical care and more research and more data and more, more resources. And I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned um, gender and like sexual minority in this conversation, just because just like in the larger discourse, um, especially within, you know, dermatology and then further within like this discussion that we're having about diversity in dermatology, that's just not um, a group that gets a lot of mention, or at least, you know, in my experience. So I'm glad that we get to bring that here and we get to you know right. spread awareness for that here and we're not trying to other other communities because there's intersectionality right like trans women of color absolutely also have like you know are more likely to be underinsured from a lower socioeconomic community have lack of access to health care have high suicide rates have less access to aesthetic conditions that contribute to mental health disparities and so like if there's a whole mm -hmm. bunch of intersection that we can dive into a whole another podcast about but yeah i just wanted to <laughs> drop that for the for the listeners too to, absolutely the to, to, intersectionality is important and just want to throw that in there yeah <laughs> and so yeah we may have to look into bringing you back <laughs> <laughs> i'm no expert i'm still learning y'all i'm still learning i just have this passion and love for my community we're all learning that's what this whole 
podcast is about. That's what, you know, all the collaboration that we do as colleagues and, and, you know, medical students and reaching back to pre-medical students. That's what it's all about is learning together so that we can then do better with what we've learned. Facts. Facts. (laughs) So I'd like to ask you, um, I think, you know, in this conversation of diversity, I think we're starting to see some improvements um, in the more recent years, just because I think there's more awareness brought to it um, recently. But I'd like to ask you, I guess, in idealized, what does like true diversity in dermatology look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's diversity in dermatology is is all these organizations that you know are really powered by cis hetero white men. Let's call it out. Let's call it what it for what it is. You know, promote, facilitate. Um, initiatives to empower education and research um, for skin of color, skin of sexual and gender minorities, advocate for Black, Latinx, Indigenous, uh, Southeast Asian patient representation in in research, Um, increase this number of practicing dermatologists who are underrepresented uh, minorities and underrepresented communities and provide them with the leadership and professional development programming, not just like recruit and then let them sink or swim, like give resource and support for our budding, you know, dermatologists that that will aim to develop these strategies to increase like dermatological services for underrepresented populations um, and women, especially too, under uh, women of color, um, more in the dermatology field. Um, it's 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 a lot. I envision diversity in dermatology, I have a big vision, actually. I have a big vision. And this is just some of the some of the surface of what I hope to see it while like, you know, my generation is coming up as dermatology, as in, in my generation coming up in dermatology. And so I know you talked a little bit about what we as medical students can do to help advance the cause, you know, while we're um, still in school and early in our training. Um, with like advocating for revamping education and um, including more diverse photographs in our educational materials so that we don't go in blind. Um, But I'd like to also ask um, maybe some organizations that we as medical students could get involved in or pre-med students um, or just, you know, anyone who's interested in dermatology and then further, you know, interested in um, this realm of advocacy, what kind of um, initiatives can we get involved in or organizations that you know of that um, we can get involved in? Right. So important to, you know, reach out and have mentorship networking uh, and community that also is thinking how you're thinking and how, like, who have the same values and, and goals that you want to achieve. And, you know, we all know the AAD, they have their own, the American dermatology they have their own section of diversity in the academy that does focus on more dermatologic education and research um another amazing amazing organization which i know most of you know is the skin of color society which was founded to promote excellence in you know treating patients with skin of color they have many many mentorship opportunities grants uh research initiatives and uh, initiatives and projects um the aslms the um oh my god i'm blanking on the name academy ASLMS, sorry, I'm Googling it right now, American <laughs> um, Society for Laser Medicine and Surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have huge, huge programs that are working for uh, uh, diverse initiatives and in, in bias training for dermatologists as well. Um, Visual DX has their own, you know, if you can become part of their team, they're doing huge, they're basically the up-to-date for um, us dermatologists in terms of, of skin of color. They're their database is amazing with all these pathologies of skin of color. Uh, the Women's Dermatological Society, they're, they're creating scholarly opportunities also for underrepresented communities. Um, the American Academy of Dermatology has the LGBTQ slash sexual and gender minority expert group group you can be a part of if that's something that um, is you're passionate about. 
Um, they have the Gay and Lesbian Dermatologic Association, which helps facilitate LGBTQ dermatologists into mainstream leadership positions and roles. So these are all like organizations that you can tap into um, that are all, they're doing, you know, projects, research, they're doing activism and for skin of color, skin of sexual gender minorities. Um, my advice, you know, I, I did this late third year. I straight up cold emailed physicians, attended conferences. I was last minute looking for mentors, um, you know, and I found, you know, a, a, a black female dermatologist who loved my mission and, and my story and picked me up and mentored me and, you know, really helped me get connected into the community and what I can do. Uh, and I also found another mentor, a non-binary physician who uh, happened to be leading a huge movement within uh, dermatology for sexual and gender minorities. And that it, it's, I wouldn't have found them without really just going in cold emailing physicians, trying to, you know, talk to people. They said, oh, I, I, I'm not doing this project, but I know someone that might help you. And like, you know, them connecting me with somebody else or them connecting me with somebody who will connect me with somebody. Um, really just putting yourself out there, putting your mission, letting you know this is what you're interested in. I, th that's exactly what I did. I told them like, you know, I see that dermatology has an issue with not only just skin of color, but within their community with structural competency, cultural humility. I've created these, these electives that talked about this. How can I spread this elective to the dermatology community? Can I do this in residency? How can I, you know, X, Y, and Z? And um, people will respond to you if you have uh, uh, an idea, a plan. People will respond to you if you have a passion, because that shows that, like you know, you you want to make change, and and they will connect you with the right people who are also like minded or, or or are interested in your goals. And I definitely encourage you if you are if you have some kind of um, intersection of your identity that you want to bring into dermatology or you're passionate about to put yourself out there and 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 go look through these organizations and contact these these dermatologists, because there's someone out there who wants to need the medical student, need the resident to jump on a project with them and, and help, you know, create, create, um, create something amazing. That is awesome. It takes a village and we heard yes. it from the doctor himself. <laughs> it's all about creating a village. Um, so is there anything else that you'd like to add? Don't hesitate to seek mentorship and help. It's a very small specialty, even smaller when considering um, subspecialties within dermatology. Um, even if you found out your passion for dermatology late, it's not the end of the world. Go for, go for your dreams, go for your, go for your passions, um, find a way to connect, you know, yourself to that specialty um yourself the dermatology and there are so many so many you know outlets you that can that you can go to like depending like if you're into like you know everyone wants to taboo cosmetics right but if you're into cosmetics but then you happen to be um also interested in sexual and gender minority health you know there's a lot of aesthetic medicine and lasers that are focused um on you know sexual gender minorities that need that you know, need a little bit of revamping in order for them to gain better access to this, um, whether it be health policy or whether it be, you know, different different ways for um, these communities to get to dermatologists and, and you know, receive care. Um, that's basically what I, I want to tell the audience. And, you know, don't, don't give up. You can do this, you know. There are people out there that want to see you succeed and your community is rooting for you. Just in wrapping up, I, when we first kind of started talking, um, you kind of marketed yourself, I guess, as like an underdog who became a dermatology match. So I just I would like to know what else would you like to say to the underdogs who may be listening? It's not all about, you know, your board scores. Yeah, I really hate standardized testing and I know it's a way to gauge some kind of competence. Um, it's not about how many research publications you have. Like we have to change that culture. Um, if 
doing community work or something that you're passionate about um, is what you like doing versus like bench research or whatever research, go ahead and do that. Like somebody will see it. Like programs are changing. A lot of programs are changing and um, people want to see well-rounded individuals. Um, I'm going to lay it out there. Like, you know, I don't have this, these crazy boards for the research publications at all. You can Google me. Um, I literally, in my interviews, in my, in my personal statement, I told them what I was about, what I, I was about my community. I was about what I, what I wanted to bring to dermatology and people read that. And like in my interview trails, people were like, this is a breath of fresh air. It's not about like 20 million publications. Research and publications are super important. Like if you're doing research in dermatology, yes, props to you. Um, but if it isn't for you and you're more on the community advocacy side, that's important too. That weighs heavy too. And people will see that. People will recognize that and people will love that. And so, you know, I matched my number one spot and I think like they liked what I had, what I stood about, what I, what I stand for. And um, I think that if you stick to what you believe in, you'll, you will get there too. Well, it has been just a pleasure speaking with you. I appreciate you taking your time to speak with us today. Um, just in closing, where can our listeners connect with you? Yeah, I am huge on social network right now. I'm also working on, you know, spreading education for skin of color and skin of sexual gender minorities through social network, combating, you know, um, false information um, on the internet. And so hit me up on Instagram at Durham Dr. Teeks, um, Twitter at Dr. Work Teeks. Um, I am a huge, huge advocate for uh, med students, pre pre med mentors, you know, I don't give medical advice, but I'll, I'll, I'll try to, you know, spit some real life wisdom, non-traditional, the underdog, like wisdom and, 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 and hopefully motivate you, motivate you to, to reach for your dreams and your goals and succeed at your pace, not anyone else's pace. You're on your own journey. Well, I'm sure the listeners are quite motivated because you've got quite a story. And again, it was just such a pleasure to hear from you. And I just thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I really, really am passionate about this, th these topics. And um, I do see the world of dermatology, you know, changing for the better. Um, a lot of work that still needs to be done, but you know, we got a community that is coming up and a generation of dermatologists that are going to make some amazing change. All right, guys, we're signing off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the DIGA podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Please send us any questions or comments to dermainterestpod at gmail.com. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 